third chapter of, of Second Timothy here if you want to pick up on it. God can reach in the deepest places. Don't ever think that there's not a place God can't reach. And I leave that there this morning. Uh, maybe that's you. Maybe that's more than one. Know that this morning, that God is able to do things that he maybe never even thought possible. But he is. He's able. Uh, here, turning to the scriptures, Paul has presented to Timothy a situational futuristic and the term he used and I'm kind of summarizing here bringing it up to the one verse I'm going to use this morning um, time and history and he presents to this young to be minister what things are going to be like in what he refers to as the end times or the latter days and if you look at this and I'm not going to back up and, and define every single thing that Paul uh, explained to Timothy but uh, he pretty well laid out again the whole situation that was going to be facing and, and I believe in a big way facing the church now he's addressing Timothy here that's going to be facing him because he's getting ready to find himself on the trail of ministering for Jesus Christ which in the day he was living was not a popular thing that's not saying that many didn't hear that many didn't receive and many did not follow and accept the Lord as they did Paul um, but here, and I believe, and uh, we've talked about this many, many times uh, here in this church as of recent, that we are absolutely sure that we are living in those times. Now, it's kind of hard to determine. Well, Paul was talking about this 2,000 years ago. He was saying it then, well, here we are down the road 2,000 years. Uh, but in the spans of the kingdom of heaven on earth, being Jesus, once he came and suffered the crucifixion and the death, burial, and resurrection, ascended back to heaven on high to sit at the right hand of the Father. Uh, there's been a period of time, and we're in that period of time, and it's progressing towards the finality. Now, you would think if people knew that, that they would really be shaping themselves up for that, that they would be honing and polishing and refining their spiritual lives in preparation for that moment or that twinkling of an eye as the Bible records when the Lord is going to return and all the difference is going to be made at least in our salvation or lack of whichever one that, that happens to be uh, there's going to be two extremes involved Paul here is bringing Timothy up and he says something 
here uh, again after stating and and speaking of this is the kind of people you're going to be dealing with. That's basically what he said prior to this uh, verse I'm going to use this morning. This is describing the, the inhabitants of, of the world. This is describing people, yes, that are even in churches. And that's something that we have to be honest about. And as much as we'd like to think, everybody that situates themselves in the house of God are not under the uh, living experience in Christ that, that they should be. And that's the opportunity that I always try to present. I've said again multiple times, you can leave this church this morning saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, your sins forgiven, free of the strongholds of, of the bondage of iniquity, and you can walk out of here a free person. That's always an opportunity. But Paul here addresses Timothy, and he, he says something here, and I want this in verse 5. And he's talking about these, and the latter part of verse 4 says this, and this is naming or identifying another trait or characteristic of the people that's going to be existent. And I merely want to use that one for a launching point this morning. He says basically that men or those inhabitants of the earth will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And then he says this in verse 5 of chapter 3. He says, having a form of godliness. That's where I've been directed this morning. And, you know, many times it's only used a term this morning. It might not sound so appealing, but it's what I've been given. Many times it, it, it's like when you're ministering and you're, you're on a subject and, and the end time subject and the salvation subject and uh, what's going to make the difference whether we uh, make heaven or we don't and, and the messages and the teachings and everything that we apply to those who fail to hear, they fail to understand, they resist the Lord, they never accept. It's like you've got nails and you're driving a different nail in that spiritual coffin to those who fail to receive the life that Christ brings and their ultimate end and their ultimate fate will be other than the life Christ brings, okay? This is what he says. Having a form of godliness. And I like to break things down. I'm going to break this scripture down this morning. If you have something in the essence that the scripture or the term that Paul is using, it means you have possessing it. You have possession of it. Or you are possessed by it. Now that's interesting. If, if, if what he's saying here, he says having, imagine having a form of godliness. Possessing a form of godliness. Now what he's talking about, those that have or possessing a form of godliness are the ones that he's just described in the preceding verses that have all sorts of spiritual issues or the lack of. People that are doing everything contrary to God and the word of God and the ways of God instead of applying themselves to a life in God, yet for some strange reason they have this religiosity about them. They have this air 
of spirituality. I find that very interesting. Because if you back up and, and you read some of these things that Paul spoke of, you kind of wonder how in the world could that be? Well, how in the world that could be is because it is. And Paul, again, is addressing Timothy for the purpose that he would be aware. He's given him warning here of what he's going to be facing. But he's also, you know, nobody's hopeless. Let me say that nobody's hopeless. Ministers preach words. Ministers are aware of things. Ministers uh, try their best. And Timothy was a minister to, to bring to people the very life in Christ that Paul was instructing him about, that they could be freed from the very things that Paul said are identified with. Now, you can break all those things down because there, there's a lot of uh, subcategories under the various ones, and you can back up and read that later. I'm not going to cite them this morning. But I want to talk about this form, having a form. He said a form of godliness. I have never in my time of observing and researching and, and uh, you know, I like to, to discover things and look at what other ministers are saying, I, but I've never seen the volume or the number of other ministers, and I'm talking about uh, some very well-known ministers that are identifying with this very thing. Within the body of Christ, within, within the ranks of religion, there are those who do not qualify for the kingdom of heaven. Now that, that, that's amazing. It tells me something. If there's that many that's recognizing this issue, as Paul did, as others now, and I'm talking volumes. I listen to a lot of folks on uh, the different various uh, things that we have, uh, social media and such as that. And, and, and it, again, it, it, it's just soul-rattling of how many are speaking of this very thing. I believe, and I can support it in the Scripture, that one of the main em emphasis of Scripture is to get the church ready. Get the people in the church ready. To bring them to a, a reality and a recognition that there's more involved in a, a relationship with God other than just going to church and acting religious. I'll be the first to tell you this isn't popular preaching. I'm looking in a camera back there that's going out of, goes to Norway, all kinds of places. I don't know. Brother Sean keeps up with that. A lot of people hear this. I don't apologize for the Word of God. I never apologize for the Word of God. And the truth is the truth, and that's something we need to identify with and be honest about. Amen. Every one of us, every individual one of us. My prayer, I've been doing this a long time. My prayer is God make me better every day. Amen. I've talked about submitting to the Lord. God, help me to submit to you more every day. Help me resist the devil more every day. In a way... what Paul is saying here when he's speaking of this form of godliness that is possessed now he's not talking about by just a mere few 
talking about by a whole lot of folks. And I have to say this. I really believe that this one scripture here is the final nail. The final nail in a lot of people's future if they don't get this thing straightened out. If they don't come to a realization that God requires more out of folks than just acting religious. Than just kind of giving some kind of resemblance to some ritualistic ceremonial time for an hour or so. This form is talking about literally in the possessing this form, having this form is talking about a condition. A condition. People are in a condition that the further it goes, the more condition they become to be more in a condition of a form of godliness. Now this isn't this isn't speaking of a good thing. Form of godliness here because Paul is emphasizing this is a problem, this is an issue, and Timothy, you need to know about it, and you need to relay it, and you need to preach it, and you need to teach it, and you need to tell people. Even though this was years ago, same issue exists today. The form of godliness that, that Paul is talking about here, it's uh, he's speaking of a resemblance to something, but it's not the real something, it's just a resemblance. It's a similitude. It has the appearance of, on the surface, a superficial or, or cosmetic, but underneath, underneath that superficial and cosmetic and, and surface, there's no underlying thing or presence that can ever support because there's an emptiness and a void that lies in. All you have is just a form. Which we know, I hope we know, that that, that underlying has, has to be the Spirit of Christ. Whether people are fooled, whether they're self-deceivers, whatever the reason be that many fall into this condition or this situation, and there's many reasons for it, but fact being, the, the finality is they're in this condition. And many times they literally do it to themselves. And that's something else we have to own up to as individuals. form of godliness. The godliness that Paul is referring to and I keep saying the presence of Christ or the presence of the Holy Spirit I want you to understand something this morning. There's no end that you can go, and I've mentioned the word depth several times this morning in different aspects. There's no 
place you can go that God can't be. There's no place that, that you can reach for God. God will go deeper with you than you could ever imagine. Amen. We can go deeper in God that we can ever imagine. But just a top layer that's just skin deep, just to get us by or get us through or, or make us believe we've got something that we really don't have because there's not that underlying presence of God or presence of the Holy Spirit in life, this superficial cosmetic thing is not going to get you anywhere spiritually. And from all observations, the church is becoming more and more and more inhabited by by this kind of condition that Paul is warning Timothy about and the more that happens the more it happens and the more it happens now this may sound like some far-fetched something that happened long ago and there's no need for even addressing it today but if we're concerned I'm concerned about everybody in this church their spiritual condition I hope you're concerned about everybody in this church and their spiritual condition. As God certainly is. That's why we have that's why we have the warnings. That's why we 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 get the cautions. That's why his word is full uh, a closer closeness, a nearer nearness. There's a place to go in God that we, we haven't been yet. You believe that? There's not a stopping place in relationship with the Lord. There's place to go. There's always an advancement. There's always improvement. There's always, within all of us, the ability to, to press in, press on, press through. Now, you may be here this morning, and none of this is making sense to you whatsoever. You may be here this morning, and you can identify with what, what I'm saying as well. Uh, you're the own best checker of your own spiritual condition other than God and he knows more about that than you do but nobody can leave here this morning not knowing their situation or their condition Paul here is is bringing this to the surface and he, he's making a, a very emphatically strong statement here in this verse 5 as a uh, Addressing, and I want to now look here in the, the center part of the verse. It says, "But denying the power thereof." Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So we got this super or superficial covering. But he said, but they're denying the power thereof. The power of what? Of true godliness. True godliness only comes, it only originates in God himself. And what's speaking here is the power is a supernatural ability that God has in everything that God has. Amen. Without a relationship with God, without giving your life to the Lord, without receiving him and making him Savior and Lord of your life, there's no power. You can't have godliness because you don't have God. You can't have power because you don't have the Holy Spirit within you. So what Paul is, is emphasizing again 
when he's talking about denying, that means rejecting, resisting, but also replacing with something else. You can't reject something because you're going to replace that whatever you rejected with something else. And the replacement here is what we read about in the previous verses. They're going to come in and take the place of what should be there, and what should be there is the Spirit of God. What should be there is the character of God, the nature of God. That's the power. The character of God and the nature of God brings about a power. That power is a supernatural power which God has gifted us all with through the relationship with him that we're able to have. But again, if you have not God, then you're not going to be able to have this godliness that Paul's speaking of. All that's going to exist is a form, and a form is on the skin deep. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't take us anywhere. Anybody here want to go anywhere in God? Amen. We can get in a state where we're dissatisfied and that's, that we think it's good enough. But if we take the scriptures to heart, this one particularly, and we apply it and we say, and we, and we admit and we confess. And, we, and listen, folks, I don't mind saying it. We know if we're living right or we're not. God give us something called a conscience to start with. We know if we're living wrong or not. Thank God we have the ability to be forgiven. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Be saved. Amen. Have a relationship with the Lord. I tell you, there's a resistance battling me this morning. I don't give a damn about I have. You know, the enemy never wants messages preached that can get down in the heart and into the soul and change people's lives. I promise you he doesn't want that. He will show up and inject hindrances, whatever he can do to keep the word from going where it needs to land. If I'm resisting, I'm still resisting. But I'm going to keep going because I know there are people here this morning that need to hear the word of God. Me for one, more of it. The more I receive of God, then the deeper I can go with God. And the same is for you. I was watching this little Jesse there here at the altar a while ago. Some of the fairy had them hands up. She was praying. Wow. Looking for God. Searching for God. Just as a youngster. Wanting more. We all should want more. We sh- none of us should be satisfied with what we've got, even though we've got much. In the Lord I'm talking about. We should always be pressing, pushing for more, desiring more. You know, the Word says, delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. You delight yourself in the Lord. I see that as making God happy. Delighting Him. Delighting ourselves. The desires of our heart. The greatest desire you can have in your heart is that relationship with him that he allows and provides that we can enjoy that supernatural presence where the power lies. There's no power unless you have the supernatural presence of God. Now, I'm not saying people won't tell you you've got power. 
I'm not saying people won't try to teach you that you've got power without it because that's going on all the time. There's ministering and preaching that'll tell you you can live a sinful lifestyle and it's okay, God will understand. You'll do just fine when the ultimate end rolls around. I'm here to tell you, no, it won't work. It won't. Unless you confess and repent and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Amen. And I believe at that point, and that's kind of what Paul's stressing here, when you let the Lord into your life, no matter what you might have did before, there's a light comes on. Yeah. A spiritual light. You may have never lived for God a day in your life, or you might have just been kind of what he's talking about right here. It makes no difference. God's able to save. God's able to deliver. God's able to heal. God's able to set free. God's able to change lives. Amen. Amen. And that's what the gospel's all about. From such, turn away. From such, turn away. It reminded me of repent. Turn away. Turn away from sin. Go towards God. What Paul's actually saying here is get away from it. Get away from those that are. It's spiritually dangerous. Do you know one of the people that we've got to get away from more than anybody else is ourselves? The old man? What's the Bible say? Get off the old man and put on the new. That old sinful creature. I find it totally amazing that God can take an old sinful creature, as I was one time, and all of us was, yeah, amen. I'll say it for you. And change me. And I was one of them Paul was talking about earlier. I was, for the lack of this summarizing, totally ornery. Done things that God wasn't pleased with. Contrary to his word totally. One night I heard a word about a man called Jesus. Listen. Made a walk. In front of a church about the size of this one. Accepted the Lord. Let me tell you something. You talk about a difference. Anybody here had a difference? Amen. Hallelujah. Has your difference gotten better? I like to observe people, you know, coming into church, even while you're here. Now, don't hide on me. I'm, I'm admitting, don't hide on me. I like to observe people. The, the joy on the face, the, you know, you can just see the presence of God and just the enjoyment that's existent uh, in people. But that takes me back to 
the opposite. These kind of folks. You know, even their joy and their gladness that they try to express and try to portray is false. It can only be false because the reality is not there to bless them with true peace and true joy and and gladness and goodness. There's so many things involved in this power in this verse right here that, that we don't really get. When you got the power of God, you got the power of God, and you got everything that comes with God. Amen. But he said, look, they're denying the power. They're, de- they're denying these things. They're denying that spiritual enjoyment we can have. They're denying the life in Christ that they can have. They're resisting and they're replacing it with all the wrong things. This message has been all over the place this morning. I realize that. That's okay. I'm just feeding it to you as I get it. Amen. <laughs> I kind of heard a thought earlier. What is he even talking about? <laughs> just take it. Feed on it. You'll get it sooner or later. I want to offer you something this morning. By the way, if you've been around here very long, you, you kind of know that I shoot from the hip a lot. Just, you know, comes, you're going to get it. Uh, again, some remarkable results from that. Just what I needed. Just what I needed to hear. You said something that really stuck to me. I'm not giving myself credit at all. I give the Lord credit because I know where it comes from. Just got to have the courage to speak it Amen. and sometimes I'm going to tell you sometimes it's tough mm-hmm. sometimes it might not be pleasantries but it still sticks mm-hmm. if you hear it and receive it it's my hope this morning um, speaking of herself and having to realize who our own worst enemy is and where our greatest trouble many times comes from is, is from herself. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this earlier, and I'm going to close here in a minute with this because I want to let the Holy Spirit uh, lead. Repentance, again, is turning away from the direction you were going or the way you were living, turning around, and going towards God. Yes, it is. That's it. That's a requirement. There's no power of God in life without repentance. I don't care what those that say you can bypass repentance. I'm going to tell you what, they are dead wrong. And they're going to lead a lot of people to a bad, bad condition. Repentance. God has brought a wonderful means by which we can have a relationship with him. And that's through his son that died on the cross, shed his blood, gave his life. That we could, upon receiving him, walk in the power of life. And I'm talking about supernatural power of life. If I didn't believe this, I wouldn't be preaching. If I had not experienced this, I wouldn't I would be would not be preaching. There's some miserable, miserable people living in this world. 
There are people that are living in nothing but spiritual darkness and becoming more so by the day. Because maybe they don't know of that way. Maybe they don't think it's possible. Maybe they think they've done this or done that and they can't even begin to fit in. I'm going to tell you what. God will forgive. Amen. The worst of the worst, He will forgive. He will wash you clean and white as snow. Your sins be forever removed as far as the east is from the west as declared for Him to remember no more. And you can live and enjoy a life of power and existence in God that you never thought imaginable or possible. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know how it is. I think we can probably draw, as scrambled as this has been, and I confess that, I think we can still draw uh, a number of things from this because every individual is different individually. Nobody here has the same issues. Nobody here pretty much has the same problems. Struggles. In closing, let me say this. Acting is not going to cut it. Looking religious is not going to cut it. Coming to church and then diving back into the lifestyle is not going to cut it. Even though that may be the popular thing. And certainly rejecting Christ is absolutely not going to cut it.